two hobbits. Two hobbits. Two, two hobbits. hobbits. Two hobbits. Yeah, it's it's happening. We're we're getting into it. It's it. I don't know. It's getting warmer already, and I don't care for that. But yeah, well, because the solstice was what like month ago, month and some change yep. ago, and yeah, I can already tell. I can already tell that sun's starting to get a little brighter earlier and we are still you know continuing to get some snow and um you know like it's not like it's 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 all of a sudden like like warm and balmy but um yeah it's it is it is uh it's slowly starting to get there winter mm. is going winter is going as they say <laughs> <laughs> winter's going we, you yeah, know wouldn't our that be, words man. yes father al gore <laughs> First of your name. What are our words? Winter is running. Winter is gold. Truth is inconvenient. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Now that I think about it, I have not seen that take on the meme where uh, Ned Stark has like his like red and white striped bathing suit. <laughs> And he's holding a beach ball and has like the sun, like the obnoxious amount of sunscreen on his nose. And he says, summer is coming. That would be Joshua, a good Joshua, I think I would, you know I what you like need to, to do literally as soon as we are done recording this. We can, we can stop the call. Now. You can go do this if you need to. Yeah, we could stop. We could take a quick time. There's got to be a like Game of like Thrones shit posting on Reddit or something. Oh, there has. Oh, oh, I'm, you, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. You kick that, you kick that bee's nest. <laughs> Oh. oh man, yeah, I got I got a fairly decent enough image manipulating software. It's definitely not Photoshop because I'm not fancy, I'm not rich like that. But but yeah, I could probably I could probably whip something together. Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know oh, I guess indeed. it's true what they say. Hobbits hmm. really are amazing creatures. Yep. Yeah, we are. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we can, we can, we can, we can cut this yeah, out. No, no, but, go um, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, like, yeah, I thought I read in a, in a very famous play or something like, there are many wonderful things on earth, but none more wonderful than a hobbit. I think, I think that's how it went. An ode, an ode to hobbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he eats at, at morning, he rises and consumes his breakfast, and then at nine, he waits and consumes his second breakfast. And then two hours pass, and he consumes elevensies. Yeah. And then luncheon at noon. Pola to Hobbit. <laughs> Hobbit to Dana. Hobbit to Dana. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I just want to see... Because there, there was a thing kind of going on uh, uh, Classics Twitter for a while. What? Yeah, what, what famous either like poem or play or literature um what would what would be the best with muppets like muppet oedipus or muppet bacchae or whatever um but now i almost want to do that with like hobbits like (laughs) hobbit oedipus would be awesome (laughs) i mean number one i think you should but number two the very obvious answer to that is kermit the frog is oedipus and then he rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed him all! 
Shut up, frog! And <laughs> Yocasta Piggy comes out yeah. and beats him. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Or, 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 let's let's uh, flip this casting mm-hmm. here. Make Miss Piggy eat a piss. Oh, okay. Make Kermit Yocasta. Yeah. Like, yeah, I like Frog, that. you ain't plowed the land my father plowed! <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't do a good. No, that's, that was a good one. It's a failing a of one. mine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. And then uh, let's hear. So Creon, the like brother, brother-in-law, uncle, maybe Fozzie, maybe Fozzie Bear for that. I don't know. Yeah. That'd yeah. Yeah. Good. Sure. Fozzie. Maybe- yeah. And then um, we're gonna pull him up at Christmas Carol and Teresa slash the choir are gonna combine into two parts. And it'll be hosted by Rizzo the Rat and the Great Gonzo. Oh yeah, I, I, see, yeah, I was gonna say Gonzo for uh, Tiresias, but I also kind of well, and then I also like because uh, Statler and Waldorf are are basically a chorus anyway, so they they are clearly like the, the chorus of Theban elders. <laughs> and they would get to do literally that. elders. Yeah, and they were exactly exactly. And it's really like, hey there, Oedipus. We're having this terrible plague. I haven't ate anything so bad since the last phallus, uh, since the last palace feast. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Did you hear that Oedipus mapped his family tree? Yeah, it was a palm tree. Family tree. Palm trees are straight. Oh, okay, you know, gotcha. It's just, one goes into the other, and then that's yeah, you know, no. whatever. It made sense in my head. Family tree, more like family wreath. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> oh man. Oh, God. This is the best this entrance is, we've ever had. This is a great one. This is a great one. And so, in fact, well, why don't we just mark the occasion then and say, welcome, everybody. Hello. It's great to see you again on yet another installment of Two Hobbits, Two Hobbits podcast. I am Josh I'm a hobbit. And my name is Jonesy, and I am a hobbit. And yes, welcome to the Two Hobbits podcast, the podcast where we talk about hobbity things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, indeed, we pretty much pretty much covered it. And, and uh, we get kind of weird and talk about Greek stuff, too, because we're both weird like that. But hey, it's cool. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's it, uh, yeah. it's it's a, a perennial uh, classic, literally. Uh, yeah, great, great stuff, great stuff. Well, and um, interesting, interesting choice of words there, Joshua. Oh, all right, what perennial? Oh yeah, why, why do you say interesting there? Well, when this comes out, it will be the day after Groundhog's Day. Mm, yeah, yeah. Our listeners in the states will know that when that good old Groundhog Puxatani Phil sticks his head out of that hole, he either does one of two things, and it pretty much boils down to spring is coming or spring is coming, and winter is ending. You got about six weeks of it either way, mm-hmm. and I kind of tonight i kind of wanted to talk about um gardening which yeah i believe is a very essential Mm -hmm. and important hobbit pastime yeah and and, and now especially as the seasons change you right now as of right now we got about six weeks to plan it out yeah so right i thought it'd be a good idea to kind of you know maybe maybe share some gardening tips maybe talk about our favorite plants and trees and so forth Mm -hmm. and Maybe maybe the listeners can pick up something from that. You know, who knows? Right. Yeah, I think, uh, and some would even say that it's never too early to start thinking about you know what you're going to plant this year and laying it all out. And um, yeah, uh, and, and so yeah, we might as well might as well take the occasion to um, yeah to talk about what what we were what we would like to plant or see and yeah. our gardens or other gardens. Yeah. 
Exactly. But before we do that, we also have another um, crucial piece of business to attend to, and that yes, we do, and that is talking about what we have in us or what we have with us in our hobbits goblets. Um, do you want to start, Jonesy? Do you want me to go first? What do you think? No, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll take this one. Sure. sure. Um, for Christmas, my boss got me a bottle of a uh, Crown Royale Black. Oh. Now, I'm going to start this by saying I hate uh, Crown Royal. Mm-hmm. I said Crown Royale before like a jerk, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not a big Crown fan, but this Crown Black is really smooth, and I am trying to invoke a spirit of days of old, and I made myself a makeshift dark and stormy with it. Oh, wow. That sounds really good. Yeah, it's it's pretty solid. It's not quite rummy enough, but to augment that, I just put in half a shot of rum. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a Crown royal black with some uh, just regular white rum and topped off with ginger beer and then on deck i have a pbr because i reckon we're working in our gardens today and when my granddad my good old granddad used to work in his garden mm-hmm. still does mm-hmm. uh he would always drink pbr so i think we ought to maintain that tradition yeah th- that makes that makes total sense and it is you know um we've 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 talked about traditions and keeping the old magic and, and all those other sorts of ways and it is now that we're getting into um uh, spring and the in the planting season, right? Um, that that has its own kind of set of traditions and rituals, and um, yeah, and even and even something. It's this is not at all to suggest it's the same thing as um, as, as like gardening proper, but even just like mowing okay. a lawn, mowing a lawn, like you need just something uh, light and cheap and cold, just as you're going about mowing a yeah. lawn. And yeah, it's it's. Um, whatever that may be pbr coors light whatever 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 you can drink it at 9 30 in the morning and it won't do anything to you but it will refresh you exactly exactly it is it is that refreshment is the is the truest i have found with that is boy it's a good like mid-morning refresher yeah yeah and and the ethics of drinking during the day notwithstanding whatever but then again get off your high horse well but but also just to your point like if you're if you're drinking pbr is it really drinking is it is it honestly truly yeah, I mean yeah. maybe yes, maybe. Anyway. But but anyway, speaking of drinking, what I have in my Hobbit's Goblet, um, this is this is a brand new one for me, and I'm kind of excited. Okay, uh, this is from Sibling Revelry Brewing, out of Westlake, okay. Ohio. So number one, already bonus points for a, a nice little bit of wordplay there. Um, mm-hmm. And this is their uh, pecan brown ale, brewed with pecans. Oh, good to know. And uh, yeah, and, and, if, uh, and it says, um, this is an American brown ale brewed with pecans and brown sugar. Like a pecan pie, this sweet holiday brew has a rich, nutty finish, perfectly crafted to complement the winter. Very nice. And, and yeah, it is. It's it's as we're coming out of maybe like the, the thickest part of winter and maybe we have a little bit more, maybe we're... We're getting out of it sooner, but it is just a nice uh, uh, malty, nutty... Uh, ale and it's been it's been I like I said I've had a couple sips and it's been going down pretty well but but why don't we have another one here so uh, yeah here we go cheers good buddy cheers mm. Mm. I still cannot hack the dark and stormy you taught it to me years ago <laughs> but yours were so artistic and mine is just this like it just looks like ginger ale mm. I don't I don't know what I'm doing wrong but. well and oh man I think that that might have been a little bit of lost magic because I haven't made a dark and stormy in many many a year. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to like try to try to get get my practice back up on it because because that also sounds really good. 
That also sounds really good. Damascus right? and Stormy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How's that a uh, pecan? It is quite nice. It's quite nice. It's yeah, very very smooth. Um, well, and and I like that that it's a it's kind of a wintry holiday uh, a beer, but it's not necessarily all the spices and and all that stuff. Because while those are good, you know, it, uh, it's, it's nice to also get a change every once in a while and uh, not not keep going to the same well. So so no, this is this is quite nice. This is quite nice. Nice. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Hey. What if what if we kind of lay out our plans, talk about what we're thinking to use. Or, or, to, yeah. or to or to feature maybe even in our uh, gardens for this for this growing season. Um, yeah. So, do you mind if I kick this one off? Uh, no, no, not at all. Well, yeah. So let's start off with uh, I guess what's your favorite plant? What's your favorite flower? Ooh boy. Well, I um, I I I do kind of like I. I actually just kind of like whatever is sort of indigenous to the area. I don't know if I necessarily okay. have like one one specific flower that I want to like sow everywhere because I realize that certain things grow better or worse in different regions. Um, so yeah, I, right, I, I, I right, kind of. Right. But that being said, um, I do kind of like Russian sage, which um, uh, listeners, if, if you're not familiar, it's this is kind of like. Um, I guess, I guess, sort of fern. You might describe it, something like that. Maybe not full on fern. Yeah, like a tightly fern. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it has these uh, uh, cute, light purple kind of blossoms, and it has this very this very nice fragrance. Um, and so, so yeah, Russian sage is is pretty good. I like I like Russian sage. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. I am a big fan of primrose and really quick story mm, time. Okay. When I was in high school, I worked in a greenhouse oh, awesome. that supplied something like 80% of all commercially sold flowers to the state of Colorado. Oh, wow. It was insane. But um, my favorite uh, place to work was in the primrose house. That's awesome. Because if you don't know, primroses have these like, they're these little pretty faces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it looks like each one is hand drawn. So I would go into work at 6 a.m. And like, as the sun is coming up, that sun comes out of the glass and hits those flowers and they're covered in mist and dew. And it was just magical. Man, that's. They they have a lovely, light little smell. Mm -hmm. And just to be a total nerd about it, my favorite strain is the. well, it's, there's two of them. There's the uh, Primula polyanthus, which kind of has a little... It's, it's the flatter... It's the more... If if Disney was animating it, that's what this one would look like. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then the second is the uh, Primula aracula. And it's Ooh. called it's called the... Uh, it's a... Uh, uh, that breaks down into uh, gold-laced. And it's these little red flowers with a yellow center. But around each petal is a white line. They're just lovely. I that's so they're cool. wonderful. I yeah. yeah, I am a total nerd for primroses. And 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 they grow they pretty much grow all year long. They start in like the end of winter. You could plant them in like 2 weeks and they'd probably be fine and they last all through summer. Like they're wonderful little flowers. That's that's super cool. That's super cool. Well, and and even um actually coincidentally, um just just this last weekend, uh the Mrs. Hobbit and I, we we took a little trip um, here in Columbus, Ohio, and we mm-hmm. spent the afternoon at uh, this place called the Franklin Park uh, Conservatory. And okay. and it is it it's um it's this it's this full on park it's this full on park that you're free to you know just kind of hang out and walk around. 
Um, but then they also have this uh, uh, um, uh, botanical gardens, and they have like different, different kind of like regions, different biomes where you can see different things. And so we just spent the afternoon kind of walking around and checking all those out. Um, and it was okay. it was really really cool. I I'm not sure if this was just like a regular thing or if it was like a seasonal thing, but I guess they had a they um they had uh, featured a whole bunch of orchids, and that is the Mrs. Hobbit's uh, favorite favorite flower, the orchid. So so she was really excited um, to go to go check that out, and I and I enjoyed it too. It was it was, it was really nice, it, and especially during you know kind of the drearier, grayer winter months. Um, it was nice to like. It's good to see life. It is. It's good to see like vibrant and green and warm because, of course, you know they got to keep it at a, at a serpent temperature. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I think I think that's also really fitting. You know, we're we're, we're thinking about gardens and what we want to plant, and it just so happened that yeah, we we had this little trip, and um, and yeah, it was great. Good deal. Good deal. Indeed. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, let's see. Let's see here, Jonesy. Um, I. I'll be honest with you. I I kind of took a um, took a liking to a whole bunch of different trees because I don't know. Like I'm 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 fairly tall for a hobbit, and trees also tend to be tall. That's how I'm rationalizing you, you it. You can and 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 I think you do have an easier time getting at those at 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 the uh, branches and the yeah. the lower hanging fruits there. So absolutely, yeah. Heck, even I'd say the 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 mid hanging fruits. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Not, not even that low hanging stuff. Not <laughs> you leave uh, that to hobbits like me. You take the mid hanging fruits. Yeah. Well, and 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 I, <laughs> I don't know if these are um, uh, native to Middle Earth, but I've also heard tell of um, the certain type of tree called a called a, a a Joshua tree or something like that. And apparently, they're also kind of tall and gangly and weird looking. So maybe that's also maybe I have a bit of affinity for for trees because apparently there's this <laughs> thing called a Joshua tree that. Is all scruffy and weird looking, and <laughs> I don't know. That was a bit of a stretch. That was a bit of a stretch. No, it's fine. It's, it's good. Okay. It's good. I like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah. Let, and, and and then so yeah. What, what, is there anything in particular you're you're wanting to kind of kind of dive into garden wise? You know what? Why don't you give me another couple trees? Because once I get going, this okay. is gonna get rough. Okay. No. No. Sure. 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 Well. Yeah. Um, so okay. So you started with Joshua Tree, and mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Spindly. Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're out there. Awkward, and... weird. Its tongue swells up when it talks to other trees, <laughs> especially if the lady tree persuasion. Yes. If it's like me and I know I am, you know, mm. whatever. Yeah. And yet also kind <laughs> Even of... Even though I'm not awkward and tall. But... <laughs> well, and also kind of lovable and adorable in its gangliness and like, oh, you poor thing. Look at you. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, honey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but anyway, but anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah um well okay so let's do it this way do you have because i'm about to go off on a horrible tangent oh, okay before before i get horrible do you have anything i don't know something fun you, you, give me something fun joshua well well yeah i can give you several fun things um i i don't know if i would be able to plant this in a garden necessarily because i think it would it develops some sort of weird, like recursive uh, situation. Uh, but I've also heard tell of this thing called the world tree. And, okay. um, and yeah, it's, it's this idea that what we see and experience is reality and uh, the earth and, and the world um, 
it's this idea that no, that's just like hanging out in a giant tree. And you might think like, okay, sure, like maybe, oh yeah, like uh, the whole like Norse mythology thing and Yggdrasil, right? Yeah, sure. Well, that's just those crazy Norsemen. Um, right. Who would, who would, those who would, nutbags. Yeah. Who, who, who could possibly conceive of like the entire world fitting in a tree? Um, but, but yet it's not just the Norse. Uh, there's actually like a whole ton of different uh, 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 cultures and, and regions that have similar kind of concepts of, of world trees. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And that includes like a, a, a lot of uh, uh, pre-Columbian American cultures. They have various kind of things where, um, uh, yeah, like, hey, we're just a, a world and we're hanging out in the tree. Um, in, in, in some uh, uh, traditions, for example, uh, the Maya... The central world tree was conceived as uh, a, a Seba tree, also called the Yax Imix okay. which means translated like the blue green tree of abundance. And okay. um, and so so yeah, so even like far away from the Norse, uh, there in uh, Central America with the Maya, there there was a concept of of a world tree. Um, in uh, Persian mythology, in uh, like modern day Iran, uh, there was the Gaukerena, uh, who, who, and that's a tree that sort of like feeds life into the universe. It, 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 it sort of like gives its life force in, into the universe. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, like a, not exactly a world tree, but we see a similar kind of concept in like the uh, Judeo-Christian stories, right? Like the, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the, and the tree, tree of life. Yeah, knowledge. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the so, of Eden there. And uh, and and yeah, there's um, yeah, there, there's there's just a there's just a, a lot of a lot of different cultures coming up with different ideas of like trees like hold hold up the earth and like the roots go down into like the underworld and then the like branches go up and and into the heavens or like hold up the sky, um, and, which and I so, think yeah. we've talked about before, like mm-hmm. closer to the center, closer to Satan, closer to the sky, closer to God. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, right, right. And so and so yeah, okay. like I, and again, like I, like golly, wouldn't that be cool to like, <laughs> you, you know, have have the neighborhood ladies over for afternoon tea, and be like, oh yeah, and if you'll look over here, gals. Um, Looks like uh, the the world tree is starting to blossom here. You know, you can see you can see some of the buds on Yggdrasil there. Um, but then, like I mentioned, that could sort of create some sort of weird recursive cycle. Like, can you plant a world tree within a world tree? And then, if so, what world is it? Uh, or is it no, just no? Because that would make it like a world fig. Or a world aspen, one of those like parasitic plants. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so it is. Like maybe it's maybe it's world trees all all the way down, um, or maybe it's just like a world twig. I, I don't know. It, it's a whatever. world, the world twig, <laughs> the world twig. <laughs> oh yeah. So so, so anyway, there so, it is. Yeah, there it is. Found it. <laughs> Dad, then, the dog brought you that. Shut up. <laughs> Quiet. The world twig is in my backyard. Yeah. $5 to see it. $10 to touch it. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that, that, that is just one sort of tree that seems, seems really interesting. And, and, and what makes it also maybe particularly interesting is that, yeah, all these groups of people spread out across the globe and across time 
sort of like have the same conception of the same type of idea. Yeah, yeah. the same the, yeah, the, the same type of cosmology. So yeah, perfect. The world tree. Okay, right on. Yeah, good deal. Yeah, world trees. World trees. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you could plant that in your backyard. It might. Right. It might be weird. Yeah, it would be, or it may, or 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 it works, and just because I'm reminded and of the uh, Dragon Ball Z movie, The Tree of Might, where mm. the seed is planted and the tree grows and it sucks all the power out of the world. And I gotta assume if you're growing it, it's kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. So you're just gonna attract all types of kung fu aliens, Joshua. I don't think it's a good idea to put that in your front yard. Yeah, better. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, maybe like as cool as that would be, it's probably best to uh, to not try to find a. a a sprout or a sapling or something like that to yeah to to, to plant so okay <laughs> well as we go i i want to before we get to my next point here i want to say before that i've said or i want to reiterate once again i've said mm-hmm. this before i will say it multiple times that as to hobbits we are here for you guys we look into certain things and do some research so that you don't have to yeah and i started this and I was looking for fun plants and magical plants. And I, I Joshua, I kicked a bit of a hornet's nest and I got into Venus flytraps. Oh, but man. more importantly, mm-hmm. I got into the idea that Venus flytraps are in fact proof that God is the creator of the universe. And that creator of the universe stands in the creationist model of 6,000 years. And we're going to talk about some dumb stuff real quick. So put a, just take a big old gulp. Oh, okay. Take, yep. Yep. There you get go. your, uh, get your, get your pecan pie beer and, uh, cheers. Good buddy. Bottoms up. Mm. An oblivion seeking gulp. An oblivion seeking gulp. Because we're okay. going to start this with the lecture that I watched today. I, I, wa- I watched, this is breaking news. This is fresh in my damn head. Mm-hmm. From the Niagara Frontier Bible Church. Creationist apologist series. Mm-hmm. For, um, I present to, I watched something called Carnivorous Plants, Beasts of the Bog by a cat named Ron Dudek. This mm-hmm. was from uh, September 30th, 2018. Okay, okay so, so fairly recently even. Ve- three years ago. Oh like, boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. 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 Venus flytraps. <laughs> yeah. 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 God is love. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Curse of Satan. Yeah. 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 Eve was weak. So. Okay. Here you go. <laughs> so what I consumed, what I consumed this morning, was it, and I told you, Joshua, I woke up at four because I had a weird dream, and I did this at five in the morning. Mm-hmm. So just to put you in my headspace. It's five in the morning and I get hit with this. Oh boy. Yep. This guy comes out and says that he, so number one, I will give, um, I guess I can call it credit props, whatever you want to say. This dude knows his business when it comes to carnivorous plants. He, okay. uh, in, in his presentation, he showed several slides of his own personal greenhouse mm. and dude knows what's up. He definitely has a strong knowledge of the biology and so forth. And, and, and he is a definite botanist and cultivar in the set. In that sense, he knows what he's about. Sure, yeah. Like I would, I would hazard to say that this man is probably a uh, authority on Venus flytraps in the United States. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to throw all of that away because this dude, number one, I don't care for him. Number two, from a teaching standpoint, he basically gives you a sixth or seventh grade science lecture on carnivorous plants, the, the basic biology and so forth. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. I did learn some stuff from him and I will cite that a little bit later on. 
And then he he brings up some fun history, talks about Darwin, talks about Darwin as a botanist. He um he had a section in it called um creationist talk for when you're sharing coffee. And then he put up little flash animations of this guy's so smart. Wow, mm-hmm. how does he know this? It's okay, fine, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. And so we'll we'll start it with this. Uh, Joshua, do you know what Darwin's favorite subject was? And I guess uh, I just gave it away, but whatever. Pretend I didn't. Uh, w- was it was it evolution, or like something not, specifically? Not quite. He was he was into botany. Botany seemed to oh. be his biggest thing. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. In several journals, journals he talked about it. I think botany was sort of his means to the end for evolution. Okay. So this guy goes on to talk about how, yeah, Darwin was into plants and he's cool. But then he was racist. And I guess he wrote two books after Origin of the Species that was The Ascent of Man, which is highly racist. I don't mm. know. Maybe it's not. But mm-hmm. OK, cool. And then he ta- and then he wrote a fourth book talking about carnivorous plants. And that's where this guy starts a lot of his research from because mm-hmm. Darwin was wacky about him. And so this presupposes that all things are under the 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 divine or the great chain of being, right? God yeah. created the heavens and the earth. Underneath himself, he made angels. Underneath angels, he made man. Underneath man, he made beasts. Underneath beasts, he made plants. It talks about this in Genesis chapter or, or verse three or chapter three verse one, when he talks about making all the living plants that all the animals in the garden ate upon these living plants. Cool, good, grand, glorious. Mm-hmm. But then he goes on to say how Darwin is totally crack science because he's number one racist and number two does not recognize the Bible as an actual authority of scientific thought. Mm, mm. Which, if that doesn't just, like, kick a red flag under that play, I don't know what does. Yeah. But he does get kind of fun. And he gave me a quote from Carl Linnaeus that Mm -hmm. says, It would be against the law of God for Venus flytraps to be a plant. Carl Linnaeus, the guy who made up our classification system. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. That guy had like a mini aneurysm over Venus flytraps. <laughs> he even posited that Venus flytraps, a plant, consumed flies on accident. The, the jaw <laughs> flowers, they were just there. They were hanging out, and sometimes a fly would land on them, and then they close. Oh, I didn't mean to. I'm oh. so sorry, says the Venus flytrap. Oh, no, you're good, says the fly, but I still got to die. No, I get how it goes. I'm a flytrap. It's what it is. Never mind. There I go killing again. <laughs> there, oh there I go <laughs> um, another thing I got from this talk that I probably should have known earlier but I didn't but I sort of did pitcher plants are dope as hell yeah pitcher plants are another type of carnivorous plant mm-hmm. you don't really grow them in America but you can grow them in the um, tropical regions of the world right. and basically what they are is a big stinky basin if you know your Pokemon it's a vile plume mm-hmm. but they attract stuff into them they close their lid bam they're dead these things can eat birds they can eat <laughs> frogs they can eat rats they can just horse bugs and then once they've eaten them and killed them then the pods fall off land in the soil the soil breaks down those nutrients of the dead things and the plant absorbs it it's insane that's oh man, literally so pitcher cool. plants are like the farmers of the plant world which i found to be Whoa, wonderful that just blew my mind yeah yeah that yeah totally yeah so they like mind. They, 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 like, start their little seed process of I make myself stinky and sticky, mm-hmm. and then they, they sow their seeds of I'm stinky and sticky, and then their seeds start to grow as things fall into them, and then the fruit falls off, and then they and get fertilizes. to fertilizes. the fruit, which yeah, is like fertilize- yeah. Whoa. That's so crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Consider my, my, my hobbit mind blown. Good. <laughs> Blow that hobbit mind. So... 
I guess shout out to Ron Dudek because I, 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 I did not appreciate the coolness of pitcher plants. Right. So thanks, homie. Mm-hmm. And so finally we get towards the end of the lecture and he gives an example of, and we're talking about pitcher plants for the foreseeable f- moment here. I know okay. we're doing Venus flytraps, but we're kind of mashing together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he talks about, um, so pitcher plants, they're stinky, they're gross, you love them, you hate them. There's a type of bat that will roost inside of the plant and it will poop all up in the plant. The plant absorbs that nitrogen-rich poop and gets super buff. And the bat gets to eat all the bugs that hang out around it. And he says that this is evidence of God because surely nothing else could make a bat in a plant. Great! Now, moving swiftly on to point number two. Literally the second point in his PowerPoint where he disproves all of his stuff. Because if I say words, that makes words true. Ha ha ha. There are shrews that will... Okay, so the pitcher plant, mm-hmm. it will make the top... Ha- so it's got the lid. It will mm-hmm. make the underside of its lid uh, coated with this sweet, sticky sap that these shrews just go nutty for. They love it. So what they'll do is it will post up around the edge of the bowl of the plant and like do spread eagle and just lick the hell out of it. And as they're going after that, they'll inevitably poop into the plant and hey, yay, more poop. I'm a plant. That's what I'm into. But also, if the shrews aren't big enough, they'll fall into the plant and the plant will kill and eat them. Which I found to be a fun metaphor for like, there's a time and a place for everything, children. It's called college. <laughs> Don't do drugs till you're 20. Like, yeah. wait, wait until your yeah. brain. And, and, and I've also heard the brain doesn't completely stop developing until like 25, but like early 25, 20s. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, 25 early 25 is close grown. enough. Yeah, but it, 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 and that's close enough. I think that's close yeah. enough. Yeah. So we talk about pitcher plants. We talk about Venus flytraps. We talk about another type of flycatcher that I don't care about talking about because they're kind of boring. Mm-hmm. It's basically a sticky arm with little hairs. The flies land and the hairs contract and eat the fly. Cool. Whatever. Grand glorious. And then here is the proof that number one, flytraps, uh, flycatchers, pitcher plants, they're all, they're all proof of, 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 oh my God, I can't even think of the, uh, the name. Um, Josh, what's it called? Intelligent design. Oh, intelligent design. Okay, perfect. They are proof of intelligent design. So, if you remember your Bible, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the third day, God created plants mm-hmm. and made the beasts and all that good stuff. And yep. later he made the beasts after the plants and all the plants were eaten by the beasts in the Garden of Eden, right? Mm-hmm. So you had lions, you had tigers, you had bears. Oh my, walking oh my. around, munching on plants. They weren't murdering stuff. Also, I want to point out that during this during this point, he shows a one-minute-long commercial for some stupid auto insurance thing about animals hanging out, chilling. He showed the entire thing, including the end credits. So this guy's already plugging for this insurance company. Whatever. 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 It's cool. He's showing this to a church. People paid money for this conference to see this advertisement. This oh dude boy. in 2018 was doing YouTube before YouTube was doing YouTube. <laughs> And worse, like you can't skip it after five seconds or whatever. You just have to. Just, no, no, it's no. Like you're there. Skippable. For... Yeah, it's one of the unskippable ones. And he kept talking about if you guys were here yesterday, then I assume you really like church. This is a multiple day thing. I don't even. I don't even want to talk about it. Whatever. <laughs> so 
After God made plants, he then finally made man. A man was the apex of his creation, made just a bit lower than the angels, right? Except mm -hmm. this dumb broad named Eve decided, mm -hmm. I'm going to eat this dumb-looking apple pomegranate quince because it does change between versions. True. Because mm -hmm. a snake told her to do it, and it was weird because the picture he used was a picture of a cherub with a snake's tail, but the cherub had some big old popping titties, and that confused me. Whoa, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, so it's sort of like a Gorgon-type deal. Mm-hmm. And granted, this is Renaissance art, so whatever, everyone was like, dumb yeah, as hell anyway. Sense. Right, 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 right. But I don't want Satan to have breasts. It just, Baphomet can have a boob, but Satan cannot have breasts. Sure. Like, whatever. Anyway, the mm -hmm. serpent cannot have it. So yeah. after Eve eats of this fruit, God gets mad, kicks him out of the garden, right? And now the entire higher order of things is skewed, it is flawed, it is wrong. Man can no longer exist in paradise. Suddenly, man is eaten by beast, beast is eaten by man, and finally, plant eats beast. Here we are, kicked out of, cast out of paradise. Here we stand, man and woman being horrified of plants. And I hate this guy. <laughs> Ugh. Fine. Fine. Whatever. Just fine, whatever. Oh man, that's. He he showed a picture of Madagascar the movie. He showed a clip of it because it was demonstrating there was. I guess I've never seen Madagascar. The first time I've seen Madagascar is in this presentation. <laughs> They're walking through the forest to Louis Armstrong's what a wonderful world, and like plants are murdering things, and nature is doing what nature does. We have talked before. Nature was nature is brutal. Nature is carnage. Right. Nature mm -hmm. does not give a good gosh darn. <sighs> yeah, it's but, oh boy. But so all that notwithstanding, because I did go down a rabbit hole, so you guys don't have to. Yeah. Let's really quite let's really quick talk about Venus flytraps, Joe okay. Show. Because they're yeah. fun. They and 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 you can totally they're totally a growable, doable thing. Mm -hmm. So number one, they are a carnivorous plant. They they are indigenous to the eastern coast, eastern coastal wetlands of America. So think uh, North and South Carolina and then kinda down yeah. like into Florida. Yeah. Yeah. They, they like uh, wet areas, but they need the soil to they need the soil to not drown them. So they kind of need to be in drier, loamier. Good to know, right? Mm. And they love light. Just put them in the sunshine, and they're great. Yeah. 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 And really quick, I want to give to you because I gave to you a bunch of other dumb stuff. <laughs> so this is the first time that uh, Venus flytraps were seen. In America by an English-speaking person. Mm -hmm. It was on, um, funnily enough, on uh, January 24th, uh, 1760, so not too long ago. Um, this is by a guy named Arthur Dobbs from England. Mm, okay. The great wonder of the vegetable kingdom is a very curious unknown species of sensitive. It is a dwarf plant. The leaves are like narrow segments of a sphere, consisting of two parts, like a cap of a spring purse, and the conclave part outward, each which falls back with indented edges, like an iron spring foxtrap. Upon anything touching the leaves or falling between them, they constantly close like a spring trap and can find any insect or anything that falls between them. It bears a white flower. To this surprising plant, I have given the name Fly Trap Sensitive. <laughs> Idiot. It's a Venus flytrap. That's what he was describing. <laughs> flytrap sensitive is the greatest rapper name ever. Flytrap sensitive is the greatest sp space mutiny. Flytrap sensitive. Flytrap sensitive. 
I put my craziness theory on fly trap sensitive. Yo, what up, what up, what up? Fly trap sensitive in the <laughs> in the mid-Atlantic marsh region. Coming out of Raleigh! <laughs> what? What? Who got some flies? Or, 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 cuz mm. our favorite, or not our favorite, whatever. Ric Flair is from Raleigh, Carolina. <gasps> so, bum, bum, bum. Bono making his way to the ring, weighing in at less than a pound. Fly trap sensitive. And then it goes, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> but it just makes a weird like hissing, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the men want to be me, all the women want to be with me. Woo. The man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, too hot to handle, too cold to hold. I eat all those fly traps, but I'm allergic to mold. Woo! <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> that's um, great. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> they, they really like crappy soil. Mm-hmm. They thrive in it. And uh, from what I can tell, they do best in one-third mix of sand and sphagnum moss. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and a final point I want to make, uh, Carl Linnaeus on September 23rd, 1768, you might remember the guy who had like a mental breakdown over these plants. Right. He was the one that gave him the name Venus flytrap. Interesting. Well, because... And, yeah. And then he also gave it its uh, uh, scientific name, Dionea uh, Miscolpa. 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 Well, and, and if... if... I don't remember where I heard this, and I could just be making this up because, like, wasn't like the Venus part specifically about like the attraction or the allure that like it would like entice the bugs in, and that's why it was called Venus. Yeah, yeah, there was that, and then I don't know. I learned a crazy amount about Venus flytraps today. Okay. Again, yeah. I got to give credit to this creationist guy because right, yeah. Uh, there's, um... The one one thing I did learn is they have sensors in the pad. So number one, the right. fly lands on the on the pad, right? Mm-hmm. And it trips a thing called a trigger hair. Mm. And then that trigger hair has a five-second window to where if another trigger hair is tripped, it will then initiate the close mechanism, right? Okay, yeah. So it's not like you can't, like, you know, pap it and fly away. That doesn't work. Right. But then the right. other thing that they have, so when the so when they do close on a, whatever type of bug lands inside of them, that bug will always evacuate its bowels. So they have a rhea sensor in the pads of the plant. As soon as that bug pisses and shits itself, that plant knows about it, and then it like locks in the Holy response of no, no, we have food. Holy cow! We have a thing. We're gonna yeah. This is crazy. Isn't that not insane? Yeah, that blew my mind, and I learned that from that dude today. And then which, I looked it up. It's like no, no, that's a real thing. Yeah. 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 Which it's and, mad. And and to to give this guy his due credit, because like you're saying, like by by all. Accounts. He Again, does he is know. a straight-up botanist. He does have a very yeah. deep knowledge of fly, uh, of carnivorous plants. He just yeah, so, doesn't so know how to like, use it. Well, He's a child can, with a machine gun. <laughs> well, well, we can rescue the baby and throw out the bathwater. Maybe something like that. It's like, okay, sure. Yeah, third day of creation, fine. But like, hey, here's like all this cool stuff about because I didn't I didn't know all this stuff and I learned something. I didn't either. Yeah. No, like I say, like I did get a weird amount of valuable information from this guy's lecture. 
But Oof, yeah. if you can call it that, because again, this was oh god, it was a bad job. <laughs> right. I'll send you the link. You okay, can, no, I'll let you watch it. I'll let you like suffer with me. But yeah, nah, Venus flytraps, they're fun. They're cool. Hell yeah. I, uh, what else you got? Give me another tree, buddy. I'm well, sorry. That, well, well, I took no. a ton of time there. No, that that is okay. That's okay because sometimes you just you just got to take a take a bit of a deep dive. And and in fact, I think you know to kind of help me process all of that information, I I feel like I could go for. Yeah, maybe like another. Well, and, and I'm almost. I've almost drained my Hobbit's goblet, and, and I have another uh, pecan ale here in in a moment. But 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 Jonesy, wouldn't it also be nice if you had a source of beverage of choice, like what, what, whatever it was that 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 never ran out, that was inexhaustible? Oh yeah, wouldn't that be nice? You know, and, and or 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 maybe even not not completely like inexhaustible or like not completely for free because like both the second law of thermodynamics exists and there's no such thing as a free l- lunch yeah but what about 11 z's or afternoon tea those, i don't sure. have to pay for those right yeah right yeah. well and right 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 yeah yeah so so maybe like all right if i can't get this unlimited supply of beverage of my choice for, for free like maybe i could come up with something that's like the like simplest easiest route there and if that intrigues you uh and again i it might be and kind it of, does yes yeah and it, and it might be kind of hard for me to get this variety but i'm gonna do some extra looking i'm gonna really try um but if if that does interest you then you may consider planting this tree uh and it is the uh leirader okay. and um as you could probably guess from hearing that pronunciation also coming out of norse mythology um and this is another type of mythical tree some sometimes it's kind of like assumed to be the same thing as yggdrasil but not necessarily not explicitly uh but anyway this this tree um stands at the top of uh valhall in in valhalla like the like big like mead hall right and this tree is continuously grazed by two creatures, um, Hethrun and uh, Ekthrunir. And um, okay. here's, well, well, let me just, before I even like uh, go, go into it too much, we have two sources where Leiradir is uh, attested and they come from the Eddas, the Poetic Edda and the Prose Edda. And so here's 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 where this uh, sort of mythical tree is mentioned in the Poetic Edda. Hedrun the goat is called, that stands over o- Odin's hall, and bits from Ledra's branches, he shall a- he a bowl shall fill with the brightest mead, that drink shall never fail. So there's Hedrun the goat, who nibbles on this tree and produces unending mead that all of the warriors there in Valhalla uh, drink. So okay. look at that. Free free mead for life if you just happen to find this specific kind of tree. Uh, and that'd be great. Troll physics mead. Troll physics. Mad. You mad? You mad? <laughs> mad Newton, you nerd. Talking about... Get tree. Get Iskardril. Get God. <laughs> Plant tree. Get mead. An ending mead. <laughs> you mad? Thermodynamics too? Yeah, thermodynamics. In your face, love entropy. Um, <laughs> and then... Whoopy swoopy me near oopy arms. 
And then the other the other animal that uh, grazes on this tree is uh, Eichthrenir, uh the heart. It's like a deer. Um, yes. And again, also feeds on this tree, um, but instead of producing mead um, it, from from its antlers, um, comes comes all of the waters that kind of like refresh uh, the the rivers and and uh, streams there in Valhalla. So if ever, and I and I find this would be very um, infrequent, but if ever maybe you felt like you had a little too much mead. Maybe ought to slow down and like hydrate a little bit. Well, hey, here's also like unending water that that um, nice. that that is like indirectly sourced from this tree, um, uh, layer rather. Um, so again, like you think having an apple tree or an orange tree um, or an olive tree, like like. Sure, like you get the fruit, and but it still requires some tending, and you gotta fuss about, and you gotta look out for like um, uh, pests and things like that. But if you can right. find this tree, if you can find this tree, then hey, you get your your cup runneth over with mead and uh, fresh fresh water from the rivers. Assuming that these other animals kind of kind of find out that oh hey here's <laughs> here's here's this thing. Let's go like set up shop over here. I'm going to drink this tree. <laughs> oh, God, I have the knowledge of all men and good and evil. Crap, it's going to be hard to go back to my dear wife tonight. <laughs> How was your day, dear husband? I don't want to talk about it. You were back. Why don't I have a damn car? You were, you, were, you were drinking that goat's meat again, weren't you? Like I, I don't need this. <laughs> I, I was... spent eight hours in the forest today scratching branches with my antlers. I'm tired. <laughs> oh, good. Ragweed for dinner. That'd be the end of this day. <laughs> I thought you liked it. I was I was feasting and fighting with all the other fallen warriors, and then we went to the mead hall, and we're parting it up, and the last thing I need is you telling me I've had too much goat mead. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't want you hanging out with that goat anymore. I'm going for a walk. Where do you think you're going? I said I'm going for a walk. <laughs> and then, then and, and 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 then it goes back to like the mead hall, and the goat just like squeezes out another mug of mead and slides <laughs> down the bar and be like, "Hey, buddy, why the long face?" Because <laughs> he's a deer. Because he's a deer. <laughs> A deer walks into a meat hall, and the goat bartender's like, hey, buddy, why the long face? Why the long face? <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah, so that was another. <laughs> I feel better. And, oh, and God, I I'm, want unlimited mead, Joshua, so bad. I, I, I'm sorry, I, what were I you saying? I, what, what, oh. the, the, the only thing that I was going to kind of uh, follow up with this one is, is yeah, there's some kind of uh, 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 scholars who are saying like no it, it only makes sense that this um, that this that this tree is still part of Yggdrasil it's not necessarily like a separate thing but I I like to believe that there's this genus of Leirather uh, Medicus or whatever and <laughs> again like if I could just find whatever whatever like like seed, or like sapling, and just and just get that bad boy going, and, and then we just get to like hang out with um, mythical uh, uh, goats and deer, 
and just drink, drink to our so heart's cool. content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, <laughs> in be, the meantime, before that, at least I have another pecan brown ale. Woohoo! Get indeed, it, indeed. All right. Well, so so far, Joshua, we've been kind of weird mm-hmm. talking about world trees and creationist fly traps and God's hatred of us all. <laughs> and also, what an interesting parallel that God, our the, the the Christian God, made plants that you know eat meat, and Viking gods made plants that give you unlimited meat. Huh? Whatever. Hey, yeah, it's cool. Weird. I think I know what faith I want to follow. <laughs> Let's bring it back to earth a bit. Okay. I want to give you some actual gardening tips. And to me, a successful garden is one that attracts bees because bees are good for the planet. They're good for us. They're good for me. They're good for you. And bees make mead. As you so cleverly pointed out before all this. Yeah. So real quick, I kind of just want to rattle off a short list of plants that will be beneficial to you to sow as a hobbit in the coming seasons that are not only good for you, but good for bees, but also good for the planet. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, so real quick, this is just my lightning round. Future Mark, cue that we music you did last episode, because that worked really well. That, that did, yeah, the whole, like, we, we shop. For the Bible music? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I thought that worked well. That was great. <laughs> music. Okay, so... So number one, we're going to start off with our least favorite thing of all. It's a weed. And I'm not talking marijuana because that's our favorite thing of all. But that's for a different episode. Milkweed. Number one, deer hate milkweed. You have milkweed in your garden, deer will avoid your garden because it produces a sticky sap that they are not all about. Mm. But you know what does love it, Joshua? Hmm. Is butterflies. In fact... Milkweed is the favorite food source of monarch butterflies, and as they make their migration path, they will seek out sources of milkweed. Wow. And milkweed have these lovely little compact, tight, little yellow, kind of orangey-looking flowers. They're real pretty, but butterflies love them, and I know butterflies aren't bees, but I think butterflies are fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're they're happy. They grow in uh, abundant sunlight, and they don't need much water. So jumping from there, I know what you're thinking. That's all well and good for those butterflies, but what about me? Well, if you're like me and I know I am, I like a bit of an onion garnish on my salads. And what is better for an onion garnish than chives, Joshua? That's right. Bees love chives. They grow this lovely, beautiful purple flower. They are given to spreading, so you gotta plant them in their own little pot. Otherwise, they're gonna just take over your whole garden. But number one, bees love chives, and chives love sunshine. Mm -hmm. So you throw these bad boys out in some sunshine. Heck, you can put them next to some milkweed, and you have, you know, bee and butterfly positive with a harsh negative for some deers. I know there's a a big uh, correlation between what sort of flowers uh, the bees visit, and then eventually make their honey, and then there's like some very subtle um, flavors that that um, appear that way I and that naturally leads me to wonder like if I wonder if uh, yeah like, like like chives would impart yeah like an oniony or savory or something well, like I reckon because it's kind of a sweeter taste so it'd probably be right. a sweeter more oniony taste yeah yeah hmm. mm-hmm. chives they're fun chives and then kind of as we start to close out the year you can uh 
you can plant a black-eyed Susan, which are a natural, naturally occurring type of wild sunflower. They're just, think sunflowers, but smaller. They have little black middles with seeds and the lovely yellow petals around them. And they have a bonus, Joshua. Number one, they also like sun, but also they're drought resistant. Yeah. And a lot of these, I kind of imagine me growing my little garden here in Colorado, and it's not the wettest all the time. Mm-hmm. But I was, this is me kind of shaping my own garden. Finally, uh, to round out the year, you could plant some lavender plants. They, they bloom from June to August. They are crazy easy. They are crazy pretty. They have these long, lovely purple stalks of little tiny wee flowers, and they smell. It's lavender. Lavender, lavender you know is, how it smells. Yeah. Yeah. Lavender's really. So, and bees love them. I love them. You love them. But you can also kind of keep them and dry them out, and then you have lavender throughout the year. So, yeah. Yeah, that was my lightning round of, um, of, of fun. A fun positive plants to number one attract bees but also deter deer because deer are jerks and delete everything yeah. you can also do mint and if you're like me and i know i am you like a good mint julep you grow your mm, own yeah. mint he who harvests his own mint is tri- twice drunk <laughs> just throwing that out there well and also i've heard i i've heard mint is also very easy to grow like you just you just in, in fact in, in a lot of places it's almost like a weed it's like ah oh, this curse apparently a lot of it's weird the like hierarchy of weeds because yeah mint is a big yeah. one and humans love mint but it's also widely regarded as a weed I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's... No, but you're exactly right. The, the, this whole like, um, uh, yeah, kind of like weird game of like, oh no, this thing grows everywhere, but we like it and it's beneficial, so that's fine. But then the same thing that has like the same propensity to grow in whatever region, it's like, oh no, that's a that's a weed, and burn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, because yeah, even absolutely. yeah, like dandelions get a bad rap because it's like yeah. It's like ah, oh, these stinking dandelions everywhere. They, they're messing up my perfectly manicured green lawn. And it's like, well, no, they're fine. They're just doing their own thing. Just, just chill. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to get into that, but like, real quick, um, did you were you told that dandelions are poisonous when you were a kid? I, I think I heard that, but like through my classmates in grade school so so not so not from an authoritative source but yeah i think I heard. but it was a weird urban legend right yeah because like the heads are fine and in fact you can even make dandelion wine Mm -hmm. with that but yeah like the whole like you like pop off the stem and that like milky stuff um and yeah i think i heard in like second grade somebody said like no like if you drink that you you'll die it's like no because cause then otherwise, like, people everywhere would just be dropping over dead. Like, if it's, like, like if you're cutting the lawn and you're, like, or, yeah. Inhaling mowing the lawn And inhaling all that stuff, then, of course, like. But, yeah, that's just some of the silly stuff that, silly stuff that little kids say. <laughs> so, I, I, I chose, I, I didn't want to do it. Well, not that I didn't want to. But I kind of chose to leave it out because it wasn't that fun. But, yeah, real quick, since you touched on it, um. So that white stuff in dandelions, that's a naturally occurring latex. I I have heard that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. And that. we are we are now we are now learning how to like extract it, like mm-hmm. like process it and yeah, do like all. yeah, like but also like get to it like kind of naturally and stuff. 
But yeah, like dandelions are kind of coming around as like this weird new thing that's might be a thing. They're also uh, anti-inflammatory. They're full of vitamin C. In fact, I guess if you look at it, dandelions are the farthest thing from poison that you can get to. Right. And they have all these. Um, well, and, and even so to, to go back to the latex part, like I distinctly remember being in Little League or T-ball or whatever. And just like kind of not not paying attention in the outfield and like and like plucking dandelions and then rubbing the junk between your fingers and it gets all like like sticky. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then like the baseball mm-hmm. kind of flops down near me and everyone's saying like, hurry, throw it, <laughs> throw it in. Um, <laughs> but also I um, and also at the risk of like derailing us even further. Um, no, no, not at all. No, th- no, this is all great hobbity garden talk. Because we're it's talking about gardens. It. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm reasonably sure that um, kind of like what you're talking about with dandelions. How look at all these benefits that they actually have, and and uh, uh, consider the dandelions in the field. How they just hang out and do good stuff for us. So leave them alone. I am seeing like a similar kind of thing, uh, but specifically with hemp. Yes. When when the uh, colonists first came over. In the 1600s and all that, like they were, they were, they were harvesting a bunch of hemp and, and sending it back, and they had, and it had all this, uh, and it had all this application, and then how many, how many every years down the line, hemp was like, oh no, that's the, that's the wacky tobacco, and it makes you, it makes you giggle, George, um, and it makes you not hate your life, George, yeah. and so then that like, but but now. And I think kind of like part and parcel with some of the uh, some of the measures to decriminalize and legalize things like no like hemp hemp has so many industrial applications and it oh yeah requires so much fewer resources and stuff like 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 of course like yeah do do it and in fact you may even say that like growing hemp might just might just get us a little integrity. God damn it, Joshua. Let me tell you let me tell you what, what this country needs right now. This country needs a little bit of integrity. Now I, now I ain't no big big city hobbit farmer, but I recognize I recognize integrity when I see it. <laughs> That was a great rundown of, um, yeah, just different, just just different little plants and different little uh, uh, tidbits about about bees and, cause cause, yeah. cause really and, and and I know that's another thing too, like 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 bees have been pretty hard up the last couple of years, and yes, we need to like throw them a bone and help them out, cause uh, yeah, like golly, all of the. Uh, fertilizing that they do and pollinating that they do for for all the plants like if that gets much worse yeah we we could be in real we could be in real trouble well maybe 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 joshua okay. okay i have i have one final thing for you and i tonight okay yeah this is the apex of my research this is what i have blown my mind with this week this is what i have gotten horned up for 
And I think I might stay horned up for it for some time after this. Okay. Yeah. So number one, we're two hobbits. We are two hobbits. Yeah. And we as two hobbits would be remiss if we did not right now take a segue. We'll call it a shortcut, if you will, to my final point. Okay. A shortcut to mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I love it. I love it. I want to talk about mushrooms. I want to close out with mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And this will probably be 45 minutes in its own right. <laughs> if we were two smart hobbits, we would stop the episode here. And this would be part two. But we're not. We're not smart hobbits. We don't learn from our mistakes. And I'm going to have a two and a half hour edit again. And I don't give a good goddamn. Because <laughs> we're going to talk about mushrooms, Joshua. <laughs> Wonderful. They're insane. Yeah. I hate them. They horrify me. Let's get into it. Number one, Joshua, mushroom, animal, mineral, or vegetable. What are you thinking? Well, no, it, it it's a like completely different thing, right? Like it's yes, it's, yeah, it's it is it, its, it's not own even, kingdom. Yeah, it's whole whole GD kingdom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 You can say goddamn. It doesn't matter. Well, already. If I'm hating on creationists, you can say goddamn. <laughs> like. No, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay. so yeah, because they're their own thing. They they appear to grow like plants, but not really. But then they're like meaty and fleshy, like animal. Yeah, it's they have a flowering body. That is the mushroom itself. That's the 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 stalk and cap. They, mm -hmm. We all know and love. But then it's more than that. So, the thing that makes up mushrooms is a network called mycelium. Mm -hmm. And this network is basically the hive brain mind thing of whatever the mushroom. We're, we're going to call it mushroom. I'm going to use mushroom and fungus and fungi and whatever, like all yeah. interchangeably. Let's get over that right now. Right. I'm just going to call them mushrooms for sake of argument, right? Right. Okay, so number one, it has this like super complex system called the mycelium. And that is, you could classify the mycelium as the truest organism or as the true organism of when you think of mushrooms, mushrooms themselves are just the end result of the fruiting process. They don't they don't really count. They hold the spores, they drop the spores, humans eat them. It's all grand and glorious. Yeah. Humans number 1 are batty for mushrooms. <laughs> the highest selling mushroom ever was a uh, a white Russian truffle that sold for 2200 pounds per I want to say ounce, but that's probably wrong cuz I think this was uh, European measurement. But still, still 2,200 pounds, we'll just say it's an ounce per yeah. ounce. That is insane. That is wild. That is mad. Yeah, that's, oh boy. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, so the mycelium is the network that connects them. Mm -hmm. And you know talk of like uh, fairy circles, right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. the rings of mushrooms. That is a mycelium complex. And the crazy thing is that that can spring up overnight, Joshua. That entire complex just exists and springs up in, in no time whatsoever. Okay? Right, yeah. So these complexes can be insane. The largest known complex occurs in a forest in Oregon in America. It is 2,200 acres across. Oh, my God. Yeah, that... Uh... It is known as the Amarillia Ostaye. Ostaye. I am bad with Latin mushroom names. But... <laughs> And also, I think it's fun that the highest selling was 2,200 pounds, and this is 2,200 acres. Whatever. It doesn't matter. 
so let's let's get into mushrooms real quick. Let's go into the way 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 back machine <laughs> when Earth was very 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 young. We're only about a billion years old at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we start with um, so Earth is this horrible net. It's this horrible roiling ocean. There's uh, there's thunderstorms. It's miserable. It's it, it is proto. There is uh, toxic gases everywhere. Carbon dioxide is everywhere. It is thick. It is illustrious. But somewhere in this grand goo, we get amino acids. Those amino acids turn into single-celled organisms. Those single-celled organisms turn into multicellular organisms, which start to create the process of photosynthesis. Mm -hmm. Photosynthesis is drawing energy from uh, carbon dioxide, which the Earth was already totally full of, and right. sunlight to create energy. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yay, here we are. And we jump to this thing called the Cambrian Explosion, which is about 540 million years ago. Mm -hmm. And I, it, okay, it's it's misleading to say the explosion because it, like, it makes me think of, oh, yeah, all life appeared, but it didn't. Life had been here for a long time, but this is the first time when we have a ton of life. Life is here. It's going to stick around yeah, it's all like weird clam things and weird squid things and weird trilobites and stuff, but it's still here yeah. and it's flourishing. Mm -hmm. And as it's flourishing along it is flourishing algae. And inside of that algae already as of 540 million years ago, and this is from fossils in Aust that we found in Australia, there are mushrooms. <laughs> there are fungal cells in the algae. So as we're going, just even at the most basic, Waves lap up onto land. Mm -hmm. Inside the waves are these pieces of plankton. It's the larger bodies. Either way, whatever is in there, there is fungus in them too. There are mushrooms that live inside these organisms. These mushroom spores land on rocks, and mushrooms are good at one thing, and that is eating rocks. That's their favorite thing to do. Whoa. They eat rocks, and they, they, they excrete their digestive acid chemical onto rock, they break it down, and they create a bore tube of mycelium. And this mycelium, uh, one documentary that I watched talks about how this mycelium can break with the pressure of 100 car tires. That and I think like a car tire is like what 32 psi or something, so it's 32,000 pounds per square inch. Mm. That's this little wee tiny <laughs> organism, right? Yeah. So you have proto-mushrooms on Earth's newborn baby surface busting down rocks. Yeah, jeez. As these mushrooms grow, they've already infected and in they, they haven't infected. Infected is the wrong word. But this fungus does ingrain itself into plant cells, right? Mm -hmm. So number one, there's mushroom-laden plant cells that are washing up on the beaches with mushroom spores. Mm -hmm. These are the fungi that are breaking down the rocks. But as they break down rocks, they make soil. And this soil is very rich in nutrients because that's what the mushrooms break it down for is the nutrients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have proto-plants following. And as time goes on, you have plants that are chasing mushrooms. Plants outgas oxygen through photosynthesis. Mushrooms need oxygen. And in turn, they give the plants nutrients to get bigger and stronger. Right. So yeah. you jump to about 420 million years ago, for 20 million years ago, to the Devonian. Mushrooms are the dominant force of plant life on the planet. They are colossal, they are massive. This is during a time called the Carboniferous, 
literally, so carbon is whatever, it's life, whatever. Mm -hmm. Life is exploding on Earth. It is going absolutely batshit insane. Mm -hmm. And there is more oxygen in the atmosphere during this time than there ever will be again. This is where you see instances of, like, giant bugs. Uh, my favorite prehistoric thing of all is Arthropleura. It was a 12, it was a 12, no, 22 foot long uh, centipede from hell. <laughs> They're horrible. But it's because of so much oxygen that mushrooms are getting from the plants and they keep outgassing it. Mushrooms are affecting their ecosystem. They are affecting the growth of the planet. That's the big thing I want you to get out of this, okay? Yeah. So we jump forward now to just sex, sorry. Okay, so as things get bigger, at, during the Carboniferous, carbon, carbon is what makes up all life on Earth. You are getting bigger things, and mushrooms love one thing if it isn't oxy oxygen, and it's death. And even think about, I made myself a BLT last week, I ate half that tomato, put it in a Ziploc baggie, and this week I'm gonna get into it. Oh no, it's covered in this weird <laughs> black and white fuzzy stuff. Joshua, the, that is fungus. Mm -hmm. That occurred there, it happened there, it grew in your refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. This stuff is everywhere! It's everywhere. It is wild. These mushrooms are eating all this life on the planet, and we're gonna jump forward to 65 million years ago. Do you know what happened 65 million years ago? Uh, wasn't that the, the meteor that killed the dinosaurs? That's right, the KT event. The KT a meteor event. hits Earth and basically turns Earth into a giant compost heap. Everything except for mammals, these weird little tiny rodent things that are warm-blooded and don't give a good goddamn. They're running around. Mushrooms now have carte blanche to consume everything on the planet. And, and, and I would like to point out that they do not affect mammals because mushrooms need to survive in temperatures under 37 degrees centigrade, Celsius, whatever, or 98.6 degrees, which is the running average in all living mammals. Mm. Mushrooms do not affect mammals. They're not here for that. They don't care, though, because they now have this gigantic smorgasbord of life that was every dinosaur, every tree, every anything that isn't mammals. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, why, if, if, if there's all this uh, uh, material that you can digest and it's just right there, then, of course, you're not going to worry about you, trying to you evolve. You don't need to, to care about anything else. Yeah, exa exactly, exactly. Yeah, so... We're jumping forward to 10 million years ago. This is the uh, Miocene. This mm. is sort of the end of all things. Or this is sort of like the dinosaurs are dead and gone. Mm -hmm. We're just about the cusp of the Ice Age. Not quite yet, but here we are. So, mushrooms give man their most important gift ever, Joshua. And as I'm doing this, I am hoisting my Paps Blue Ribbon. Mushrooms hoisting. make what, Joshua? That's right. Yeast. Yeah, this is true. So... Here we are in the Miocene. It is warmer. It is sunnier. The first, we're not quite humans yet. We are still apes. We're still primates. Mm -hmm. Right. We're, we're kicking around in the trees. We're doing our good thing. Mm -hmm. And, ah, uh, snap. Look at this apple tree. It dumped all these apples on the ground. These apples have now fermented because of yeast fungus. Yep. These apes that eat these apples get hammered. It is the first time in history that a creature gets drunk. Now, mm -hmm. this doesn't work because, because, because this is a highly competitive system. You're in a grassland savanna system. Everything is out to murder you. You cannot get blackout drunk from eating food. Right. But this food is the most readily available. It's right there. It's, it, it's just, you're, you're throwing cash in the trash 
if you are one of these early primates. Right. So what do you learn how to do? That's right. You learn how to process ethyl alcohol made by mushrooms. Mushrooms gave humans the ability to drink beer, to get drunk, to get hammered, to get good old-fashioned shithoused. Right. Because it was an available food source. And now, and now, uh, 10 million years later, our entire culture is based around wheat-based products, but also mushroom-based products. Think about how much beer you drink. Think about the bread you eat. Mm -hmm. Anything. Anything you do is probably got something to do with mushrooms and fungus. Doesn't matter. We're moving on. <laughs> I just wanted to point out that, like, they made... Mushrooms made humans humans. Mushrooms made yeah. us alcoholics. Yeah, like if like that, if mushrooms that gave us a... the Irish. <laughs> yeah, like if if that isn't, uh, yeah, one of the like longest running symbiotic and truly symbiotic re re relationships. Because like you can get into the whole like, oh no, like we we domesticated these animals or we domesticated these crops, but like that's not truly like a symbiotic like. But but yeah, humans with. Uh, fungi or or yeasts or like certain molds uh yeah like we're, we're, we're both benefiting we're both truly benefiting from that relationship yeah it's mm. insane mm -mm -mm. but even going further from this because i want to point out to you how horrifying mushrooms are remember that system i told you about that is 2200 square acres yes that is something called a common mycorrhizal system and basically, mushrooms take their, uh, they take their mycosynth, oh my god, what are they called, Josh? I forgot how words work. <laughs> I got so hurt. Okay, mushrooms take their mycelium, and they just send it everywhere. It doesn't matter where it goes. These things are able, we, we first found this out with liverwort plants. But so, this network of mycelium, they are able to penetrate plants at the cellular level. The plants don't even know that it's occurring. Mm -hmm. so they just let it happen and eventually you get this thing that scientists and I, I kid you not it's called this it's called the wood wide web where you have an entire forest system that is connected to the same mushroom complex holy cow this mushroom complex is used to communicate between plants within this system and I this is not hippy dippy bull this is this is real right this is where my mind exploded so it can communicate with other plants within its system. One thing that I read about was, um, so let's say that you have uh, a new type of plant that is starting to invade. It's a non-indigenous plant and the animals are all about it. So these animals come into your forest and start eating it. These mushrooms can use the plants in their systems to choke out the nutrients from the soil and kill the plants, to kill the invasive plants. <sighs> they can make dead zones. During forest fires, mycelium will take the will take the message or, or the signals, whatever the communication mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from the dead trees and port that into saplings because they're also in the dead trees, but they're also in the saplings. So in this system, they take it out of the dead tree and put it into the new tree. That from that they can draw extra oxygen to further power their own deal. It is this weird. Mushrooms are their own thing. Mushrooms, yeah. they don't, they are not the pinnacle of evolution. They are evolution's pinnacle and that they mm. can do whatever they need to, to alter the, their environment. There are mushrooms that eat heavy metals out of soil. 
Right? Yeah. Yeah. I've, to I've make that of... soil livable to create plants. Mushrooms are the greatest chemists on the planet. There is a fair, fairly famous experiment, um, and it looks like here's an article back from 2010, um, where um, some researchers um, planted planted little food pellets that more or less matched up with um, cities in Japan, mm-hmm. and put a put a, a dollop, I guess for lack of another word, put a dollop of slime mold where where Tokyo was. And so by like by like sending out a different network, it was able to replicate what what the rail system uh, was like between these Japanese cities. And and of course like not exactly the same, but it found but, roughly the most it, the, the most precise system, right? The most yeah, efficient system. Yeah, what the most yeah. And if anything, I I don't think the moral of that story is, oh, look at how smart the slime mold is. I think the moral of the story is, oh, look at how smart we are because we figured out this thing that took, yeah, the slime mold, like, yeah, like a day, like a little more than a day ha. to, like, figure out. <laughs> what what a simple life you lead, Joshua, thinking that you're smarter than the mushroom. Yeah, exactly. Because... Because number one, your very existence is predicated on mushrooms. Do you want to know how, dude? How? How, how, how? If so, I, I am already convinced, but if I wasn't convinced, I, I'm already convinced. If you if weren't. But yeah, but later Once on. upon a time, a window was left open in a laboratory where fungal spores blew into a petri dish. And do you know what that those fungal spores did to that petri dish? That's right, Joshua. They created penicillin. Penicillin. There are penicillin spores, and those mm-hmm. spores are now the main antibiotic cure for all diseases on this planet. Penicillin. Yeah. Mushrooms did that. Yeah. They can do that. Mushrooms, they hate. They hate, they hate, they hate two things. Number one, they don't like being dry, but number two, they hate bacteria. <laughs> Mushrooms are the most antibacterial thing in the world, and right? now as we live, and you know as we live in this post-COVID world with all the hand sanitizers, and there always has been a fear of antibiotic-resistant strains, yep. further hereafter known as ARBs, <laughs> of bacteria that just, you you can't kill. They're the, ni- they're the 0.1% that don't die when you wash them with hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to get this super bug that continues to evolve. Yeah, or you don't f- fully finish your prescription or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. That. So you have these. And you know what their number one chief enemy is? That's right. It's mushrooms. There's a type of mushroom called AMA as the abbreviation, and I refuse to look it up again because I watched it in a documentary. That's not the point. <laughs> but when you app- applied AMA spores to the these um, antibacterial these antibacterial resistant bacteria anti oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. antibiotic resistant bacteria mm-hmm. when you apply that to them they automatically bypass whatever resistance these things had and destroy them yeah. So that's it right there. Bam. Mushrooms or antibiotics are effective again. See, and it is. It, it's not like it's not so crude to suggest that we're just going to outsource all of this stuff to to mushrooms. But that's pretty much what it is. Like, look, we can spend all day like hunkered over in a lab and like fiddling with the genetic sequences of this or that versus mm-hmm. like. Six some mushrooms on it and just let it go crazy. And, you know, like if it can figure if a mushroom can figure out 
Yeah, like a rail system. Then, then of course. Yes. But then of course it like like yeah, baby, I got this. Just give me like you know a couple hundred generations, and I'll figure out this like super the super syphilis thing that you got going on. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's insane. Like. I, I don't know. I, I got really afraid. Of, I, I'm kind of afraid of mushrooms. Yeah. And I don't even I don't even know if you were necessarily going to go go this direction. I forget who this was. And I would have to take too long to try and to try and find this individual. But there's one kind mm-hmm. of anthropologist um, sort of sort of type. And if I remember correctly, he even goes so far as to suggest that like our our more complicated brain structure maybe yes. maybe that was a result from us essentially doing shrooms because like people write that is i want to say uh terence mckenna with his stoned ape theory that and if it's that's... not terence mckenna it's another guy and i want to say his name is david something and i Let's wanted to here. touch very briefly on stoned ape theory because yes the idea is we, we kind of did it earlier where apes were eating um, fermented fruit and getting hammered, mm-hmm. and they built up this resistance to ethyl alcohol. But stoned ape theory says that uh, proto man apes uh, they consumed uh, essentially magic mushrooms, mm-hmm. mushrooms with a heavy alkaloid base. Mm-hmm. And if you remember your Necronomicon, Abdul Hazred would smoke alkaloid based plants to incite the visions they're in. Doesn't matter. Yep. But so these apes are eating this this super strong type of mushroom. I I got to assume it's got it's. Uh, it just—it's a magic mushroom. This group of apes ate the mushroom, and it basically expanded their consciousness so far that the proto tribe of apes was the first, like, on was the first onset of what you could call the first humans. Yeah, and and it was it was it was the apes eating of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Like they stopped yeah. being apes. Right. They became they became aware of like, okay, we are here. We are naked. Mm-hmm. I can't kill this Titanoboa. This stick can, though. Yeah. Let's get after it. Yeah. Or, and from there, that's what like spawned mm-hmm. human evolution. Yeah. And, yeah. And and I'm sure, like, like to be fair, that is a that's a that's a pretty lofty claim to make. And who knows what sort of um, either like experiments or extra bits of research would go into like further develop that hypothesis. But like, I. N- not that I have like partaken myself, but I have heard right. third hand that like no, like it is it is truly a uh, consciousness altering experience, and it's like not even like the like during the actual tripping, but like afterwards. Like I've I have After. had people yeah. come up to they're me, like, used in treatment of like post traumatic exact, stress in soldiers, exactly. like PTSD from soldiers in Iraq. They're uh, micro dosing psilocybin mushrooms. Absolutely, yeah. Like it is. Exactly, and 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 so it's a very real thing. Yeah, that, that it seems, at least to me, certainly within the realm of possibility, that something like that could have happened. And maybe not even necessarily that like, it's that sort of tidy of a, of a lineage. Um, but but yeah, like absolutely, like I that from from what I understand, not firsthand, but from what I understand about how it kind <laughs> of functions, yeah, that seems like certainly like a plausible explanation that it's like yeah. whoa what if i what if i like wrap this pointy rock to a stick what if i wrap that around with like a vine and now i have like a further reach to like 
poke the proto yeah. bears that are chasing me down or whatever. Yeah. 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 The short, the, yeah. The short nosed bears. Yeah. yeah. Like, but also before we get too deep into this, I really do think this is a better uh, covered topic for two wizards. True. 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 I think two wizards might be able to break this one down just a bit better. Yeah. We, and I just, and it's funny that you brought it up because it did happen organically. And that is part of it because if we look at mushrooms in history, mm-hmm. mushrooms control their environment, right? Yeah. And uh, so what's the next step? Yeah, let's make these monkeys smart. See what happens there. Which leads me into my final point. Joshua, this is not all sunshine and lollipops. Mushrooms are not a good thing all the time. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. In 2001 on Vancouver Island... Uh, a lot of uh, pets started developing these weird lumps underneath their skin, mm-hmm. and then they developed respiratory problems, and then they died. Oh. And then humans started dying. Oh, wow. From the same type of thing, lumps under the skin, heavy respiratory infection, bam, death. And what it was, was a type of fungal infection called Cryptococcus gaudi. Now, Cryptococcus gaudi, which we will now, from here on after, refer to as C. gaudi. because that is much easier to say uh it originates in australia and it's important to point out number one first of all joshua i talked about it before how mushrooms kind of ignored mammals way back when during the kt about 65 million years ago and by and large there are only several types of fungus that are pathogenic to humans Mm. because mushrooms do not exist in an environment in an environment that is hotter than 37 degrees celsius or 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the running temperature of a human body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't get into us. However, C. Gotti does. Mm-hmm. C. Gotti originated in Australia as this which is already, type mm-hmm. of infection. Already, already Australia, already the cradle of evil. Yeah. <laughs> land of murderers, and we're going to build a wall and make New Zealand pay for it in Papua New Guinea. <laughs> Keep that out of my backyard. <laughs> or my outback, rather. Yeah. Keep yeah. that out of Keep my that out of back. Out back. <laughs> cool. Oh, I don't care about them kangaroos. They don't need to be in my backyard. Nah, them dingoes are still a baby. Yeah, I'll say it. I don't care. Everyone knows it. Everyone thinks it. Hey, fuck those dingoes. They're cats. And you don't have to edit that because because that's Australian. Yeah, we're just we're, yeah, we're just. Yeah. Uh, I'm fighting. just speaking Australian, Indigenous mm-hmm. Australian. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Taya de Negro Maiz. You have a big old stock of black corn, aren't you there? Oh. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, this uh, C. gaudi fungus, uh, it, it, it had an outbreak bloom in uh, Australia. And it presented the same things, but humans also could absorb it. Now, Joshua, I want you to think about this. And this is what broke my consciousness today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mushroom fungus. They're everywhere, dude. They are. Even like, I bet you when you signed your lease agreement for your house, you had to sign a waiver for black mold, right? Oh, yeah. Well, And it said, you don't know, we don't know, there is no proven connection between black mold spores and human illness, right? Right, right. But what I want you to take from that, and I want, what I want the listeners to take from that is, anytime you breathe, you are essentially inhaling fungus spores. Yeah. And yes, 99% of them will die inside your body because they can't hack it at 98.6 degrees. But Cryptococcus gaddy will. It will 
sit there, it will germinate, it will, it will, um, so basically this, this, uh, this fungus infected Vancouver Island, it infected hundreds of animals, or, or, so humans and cats and dogs primarily. Yeah. But one out of every ten, it killed. And I didn't look up the, like, final, like, death numbers from it, because I'm not in, I'm not here for that. But basically, like, 2001 was, like, the last of us, like, proto-version. Right. Where humans were infected by fungus. And so, okay, cool. It, you, you can treat it with, um, you can treat it with antibiotics and stuff, I guess. Uh, one guy I was watching in this documentary talked about how he had been treated for bronchial pneumonia, and they were treating him for four weeks, but then he had watched a program detailing the C. gaudi uh, illness and said, well, hell, I have all those symptoms. Went to the doctor, bam, he had it. They treated him, but the treatment took several months to eradicate. Oh, God, yeah. Just because, just because mushrooms are so batshit crazy on surviving. Like, yeah. You can't kill them. And that's the final point I want to make. They think that the biggest, the, 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 the reason that these are spreading is because of global warming. Mm. Mushrooms die in anything under 98.6 degrees. Not anything, but like by and large, fungus dies under 98.6 degrees. Mm-hmm. Right? Right, right. Global temperatures are rising. This started in Australia and then hit Vancouver Island in 2001. Now think about that. I mean, that was, that was 20 years that ago. That was two, that, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. 20 years ago. Joshua, we're already dead. Like, yeah. corona won't kill us. Mushrooms will. Right. And here, I before I do this, because this was me screaming at my Mrs. Hobbit <laughs> at 9 in the morning this morning with a weird, like, yarn and pin board in the bedroom. <laughs> I am tracking the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> I want to give you this one opportunity to give me your final thoughts on mushrooms because I'm about to drop you my final thoughts on mushrooms. Yeah, it, so. it is. It is. Uh, it, I, I guess I'm thinking about something that I was saying earlier that it, that um, humans, hominids, um, and mushrooms seem to have this millions year long symbiotic relationship, um, and without getting too ominous about it, it's like. I know that generally speaking, like we won't necessarily turn that into a parasitic one. Maybe. Uh, but maybe not. But but who knows if the mushroom also has a similar kind of conscience or consciousness to be like, well, all right, meat bags, you've uh, you've uh, used up your usefulness and. Just a couple more generations, and uh, and then yeah, we'll we, we will have evolved and noticed like oh man, there's seven billion of you. Um, let's just let's just yes. do this. <laughs> let's just do this. Well, and, yeah. Well, yeah. And, yeah. and also, I was just going to briefly say that um, I I also kind of have some again not firsthand experience, but um, yeah, some 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 pretty proximal experience with. Um, when, when fungus goes bad or when yeast goes bad or whatever, because one yeah. of, one of our dear sweet cats, uh, Tompkins, he, he seems especially prone to this more than the other two, but around his nails and even sometimes on his like stomach, he kind of has a essentially, yeah, like a, like a topical, uh, yeast infection of sorts. And we have to like, 
really clean his claws and even sometimes and apologies if this is kind of gross but yeah kind of like even kind of chip off some black waxy gunk that builds up around his claws and it's, and it's just this yeah Ew. yeah and it's just this this kind of like yeasty waxy stuff and i don't think we'll ever fully bit be rid of it because like what you were saying too johnsy like that it's just everywhere but it's just him like yeah. well well Monroe really just okay no well, that, no that's amazing well you Monroe has you a little have bit a localized like micro um uh what do you call that micro environment on your cat like that is yeah. insane well and and, yeah. and Monroe kind of has it a little bit but not nearly as bad um but then our our youngest one Quincy doesn't seem to have it at all and and I'm also kind of wondering because Monroe and Tompkins are uh brother and sister like through a generation their brother sister oh. slash cousins something like that so maybe there's also something with their like genetics that makes them kind of susceptible to this whereas quincy being from a different different family like he doesn't seem to be uh of a, he, he he doesn't seem to be afflicted by this nearly as much so so i was just also going to say that other quick thing that like granted it's relatively harmless that just they just kind of get itchy and scratch a lot um, no, but that's super interesting that yeah. like generationally, like yeah, there's some there's something about it. We're, we're just poor, uh, poor sweet Tompkins just gets this kind of junk built up on his claws, and, and even some, and, and then even sometimes he'll like scratch his ear, and then it kind of gets up in his ear, and we have to like clean that really well too. But but uh, anyway, anyway, not to not to gross out our listeners no, with no no not cat at all because <laughs> I'm about to get super gross okay well, well so okay. number one so number one Joshua we have established that mushrooms are unstoppable they are the oldest occurring life that was actually on terrestrial earth not including single cell organisms because like shut up whatever yeah those shut are up. different Just, yeah those are dumb whatever it's like the first like if I landed here as an alien 3.9 billion years ago, I'd be like, no, look at this thing. It's got red and white spots. Cool. And right. he eats it and grows triple his height, but actually he's just like tripping nuts because he's in Mario Land and it was a uh, fly amnita. But yeah. whatever. The one thing that fungus, mushrooms, whatever, again, using interchangeably, the one thing they were good at is altering their environment yep. to survive. Mm-hmm. They don't change it so that you can survive. Yeah. They change it so they can survive. Exactly. So you have this. Okay. And again, this is where it really, really gets me. According to their, uh, uh, the, the, their, their like wood wide web type of deal, mm-hmm. we know that mushrooms can network. Yeah. It is shown that mycelium strands are tougher than steel. They are hard to be cut with a scalpel. These things that can break down rocks with the pressure of more than uh, 300 yeah. times mm-hmm. or 100 times a tire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are everywhere. They exist. They have existed and they will continue to exist. And quite frankly, I think, I think, I think that mushrooms are number one, the dominant type of life on the planet but also they're using humans to just sort of cultivate the planet for themselves yeah we now have the occurrence of mushrooms that can exist past uh 37 degrees celsius Mm -hmm. in humans humans can absorb them they can breed them they can carry them bam right there humans are the new carrier spores for mushrooms we are walking talking colonies 
Mushrooms are everything. They have infected near, they have infected every single facet of our lives, Joshua. I've talked about it with beer. I've talked about it with bread. You are probably rife with with fungus. Oh yeah. With fungus cells. I am too. We talked or two I I heard a, 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 this podcast called Two Wizards where they talked about the, the, the ship of Theseus and what the percentage of your body was that wasn't bacteria. I don't think it's bacteria. I think it's mushroom. It's a, we it are so be. close yeah. to this weird fungus apocalypse at any given time. And I know, I know it sounds weird, but these things have been the dominant source of life for pretty much, let's just call it 75% of the time that Earth as a planet has existed. Yeah. They have been here. They will be here. They grew our planet. They taught us, you and me, that we could drink booze. Yeah. Like, yeah. again, I don't mean to say that's like the pinnacle of human creation, but let's face it, booze is that the pinnacle of one. human creation. Yeah, that was a, that was a big yeah, one. Biggest yeah, biggest one. Because, because, because booze let us preserve stuff. It, yeah. it, 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 it helped us, like, stop being hunters and gatherers and start to, like, well, you can preserve these grapes if you drink them as wine. If you grow this barley and make it with this type of wheat germ, it, it, it makes beer, and beer is hearty and healthy and nutritious. Mushrooms are everywhere. Right now, as I'm speaking, as you were speaking, we are both inhaling oh, yeah. thousands Countless, of yeah. fungus spores. Yeah. They exist. They are here. They're not going anywhere. And I guess I, for one, bow down to our mushroom overlords. Use me as you will, but kick me some of that psilocybin. I'm fine, but come on. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. I I hate mushrooms, Joshua. They terrify me. They're going to kill us all. They've already proven they could. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. Yeah. That was just yeah, like okay. this test run. I, I wasn't going to talk about it, but, like, there's a type called cryptosporidiosis that affects your brain. Well, because there's the... They infect ants. They call yeah, it the zombie exactly. ant. If you're exactly. playing Resident Evil 4, it talks about the cordyceps ants, and it's basically ants. They get a fungal spore on their brain stem, and it makes them walk up towards the light so the birds eat them, the birds eat the ant, they poop out the ant and the fungal cordyceps spores, and bam, they spread more. Just more. Mm -hmm. Mushrooms don't care. Mushrooms are here. They're going to stay, and you and I are just ancillary to their existence. Yeah, we're just going to be like... Anyway, enough of that nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna die mushrooms are gonna kill us joshua well it'll be just like a like a quick little how, how many ever more million years in the future uh and there'll be this new podcast called called two mushrooms and it'll be like hey um not not many other mushrooms may know about this but um have, have you ever heard about this thing called humans or sometimes called people it's like oh yeah I think I read that in the mushroom library, something like that. But tell me more. It's like, yeah, well, apparently it was this this kind of like 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 ape monkey thing that you know they <laughs> they were a little flash in the pan. They were kind of cool for a bit. They, they were dumb. Yeah, and like we kind of like apparent apparently we kind of helped each other out for a little bit. Like we would we would make this uh, thing called alcohol for them, and uh, and, and then we kind of had this other version called yeast. And bread. There's like, oh yeah, bread, bread, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. And then apparently, you know, we hung out for a couple thousand years, but then they were doing this thing where they're like, well, and, and then this is the other thing, Jonesy, I was going to say too, is like, you know, um, yeah. There's a big, there's a big concern right now about all this plastic that that uh, 
that that we're making and then just which we are finding mushrooms can consume and convert into fuel again 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 okay so like okay so like right there like mushrooms reach a weird like apex of their evolution right mm-hmm. what do you do next you influence a group of monkeys yeah you okay do you know that story about um i want to say it was it was either iran or north korea made a super computer supercomputer missile guidance system out of playstation 2s do you know what i'm talking about i actually haven't heard this no this was like this weird urban legend that turned to be true, and I don't know where it was. It was part of the Axis of Evil. Maybe it was disinformation. Uh-huh. But basically, they had cobbled together something like 300 PlayStation 2s, and through those PlayStation 2s, they had created a supercomputer, which was capable of um, working the calculations for um, um, uh, missile launch. <laughs> so my thinking is <clears throat> mushrooms. They exist they are localized networks. They are vast networks. You have the the two thousand two hundred square acre uh, right. um, complex in Oregon, but 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 in my little glass of PBR here, how many mushrooms are in that? How many yeah. micro colonies are in that? Yeah. So you have all these micro colonies everywhere. They are connected. They can communicate. We have proven that mushrooms can communicate and talk to other plants and trees, and that's what. The, We've, we've seen this. They can talk to them. You have all these different microprocessors. Eventually, eventually, you will somehow get the idea that these things can sync up because plants can communicate through pheromones and airwaves. Right. Yeah. Mushrooms have Wi Fi, Josh. They're here already. All these micro things. Even like, oh man, I I smoked too much weed last night. What do I do? Drink some kombucha, homie. Kombucha is fermented mushroom. You were drinking. You're putting it in there. Yeah. And they're just there. They're just, they're already in you. Oh yeah. Like. And have been. Every breath you take, every step you make, they'll be watching you. (laughs) Mushrooms are the dominant force of life on the planet. And we are just a stepping stone. And now... I think I already kind of said it, but, like, they can kill us, and they know it. Yeah. And all this collected knowledge across all these different systems, I've got to assume that, like, it's got to stick around, right? Like, that, like the core of the planet, maybe it is, like, a world tree. But that world tree Whoa. is just, like, a single mushroom stalk maybe that runs the... down and throughout. What if that's and, it? And, like, you can't sever these ties, what but it runs it? throughout the entire planet concurrently. What if the world tree Mushrooms is, are going to yeah. kill us, Josh. Like, I I hate mushrooms. <laughs> I am so afraid of mushrooms. But also, I want to give a shout-out to my new favorite podcast, the Mushroom Hour Podcast. Ooh, fun. Which I have horsed at least 16 hours of in the last five days. So. <laughs> no problem. I'll, I'll have to uh, uh, check them out, too. Yeah. yeah Gotta. Yeah. Chaga mushrooms. I even ordered chaga mushroom pills off Amazon today. Because they're anti-inflammatory, and maybe they'll make my joints not hurt so oh damn bad. Because my joints hurt all the damn time. Anyway, back at the ranch. I'm sorry. This was this was so much. Uh, this is why I said maybe if we were smart hobbits, we'd make this a part two. But we're not smart hobbits. So yeah. Well, but, but that's okay. But but I think I think this has given us a lot to kind of think about. And um, and uh, yeah. Why don't as we prepare our our gardens here. Sure, we can have a couple plants and a couple trees, but I think it's going to end up just being like a mushroom garden, no matter what we do. So, I beg your pardon. I never promised you a mushroom garden. 
I'm sorry. That was nothing. It's <laughs> old country music that nobody remembers. <laughs> no, it's okay. So, yes, everyone, tell us tell us what what you would have in your garden. Do you want do you want to try and find a special tree that will eventually lead to endless mead? Um, do you also share Jonesy's love of primroses? Uh, let us know. And Jonesy, how are you part of the mushroom overlord cabal that will eventually choke Earth to death, but then reshape it in its own mushroomy image? Its own mushroomy image. And if let us know. Let us know. You can reach us at how how can they reach us, Jonesy? Well, so you can reach us directly at two wizards pod c one on Twitter, two ma- two wizards podcast at gmail.com, and two wizards podcast at Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Great Greek bu- at oh my god. You can find me on Instagram at Great Greek Buffalo or on Twitter as Marky Stardust and Joshua. How can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. And yes, by all means, uh, or who knows, maybe you already have a garden uh, going right now and you want to take a picture and, and, and uh, share it with us. Maybe you have some recipes for a nice mushroom frittata or something. I don't know. Uh, but definitely... If you can make mushroom tea out of these psilocybin-based mushrooms, yeah. let me know. <laughs> I, I had, want to not experience fear any longer, so tell me about it. <laughs> I've had so many people tell me, like, Joshua, you, I think you would really benefit from, like, doing mushrooms. And I say, thank you. It's kind of a weird compliment. Thanks. But also, I am, generally speaking, happy with how my brain chemistry works. And I don't want to go, like, flexing around in that. Just because, like, who Oh, who I knows? hate it. I'm always down to switch it let's do it <laughs> awesome well, one thousand dollar patreon goal for two hobbits <laughs> slash two wizards podcast josh and i will take psilocybin mushrooms and we will let you know we'll, we'll, we'll live stream we'll live stream all, all, all right everybody well perfect take care thank you for joining us and uh until next time yeah i've been one hobbit and my name was jonesy and i've been another hobbit my name is joshua take care everyone have a good night guys Don't trip too hard.